This is Savio. I've been seeking answers to some of life's most perplexing questions my entire life. In 2014, I was diagnosed with stage three cancer. And ever since, I realized my calling existed outside of what I knew to be familiar. This podcast is your home for survivors like myself and those who are searching to find meaning to their why. In season two, the show includes a mix of coaching sessions followed immediately by interviews with those from all walks of life who have been successful in the business, marketing, coaching, and financial worlds. The intent is to show the human experience in its rawest form so that others may glean insight. Nothing is rehearsed or has been edited. As a board-certified wellness coach, my job is to ask the deep questions of those trying to make sense of their place in this fractured world. I believe life speaks to us in different ways. Many of us listen, but don't know how or where to begin. As someone who has crossed the bridge between life and death, I say simply, begin where you are now and get busy living. If you liked today's episode, I would appreciate if you could share it and subscribe. Be sure to tag me at The Human Resolve so I can reciprocate in kind. So without further ado, welcome to The Human Resolve Podcast. Jennifer Deegan knows all too well the ins and outs of being a mirror to those who come to her for solace and grace. But life often has a way of challenging us to step beyond the comfortable. Faced with a family dilemma, she must tap into a somatic knowing in order to find the courage within. Hi, Jennifer. Good to see you today. Hi, Savio. Good to see you as well. Excellent. So what would you like coaching on? So I am struggling with a relationship with my brother. And it comes on the tales of my father's passing. He died in February of cancer. He had been struggling with cancer for three or four years and really extended his life well with his own sort of understanding of chemistry and how to um, heal himself. And uh, so he lived a really amazing incredible life uh, and he was such a gift to my life my dad and so coming on the tails of that and having a really distressing relationship with my brother which I never had before is like a double loss so I'm kind of working with kind of asking the spirit to help me just kind of trust in this unfolding conflict and I'm doing the best I can with what I have but it's hard (laughs) so what I'm hearing is that you are sort of wanting to speak about your relationship with your brother and the challenges involved in that especially since you're coming off of unfortunately the passing of your dad correct yeah 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 so what would be a really positive outcome for today's session I guess just you know stepping further into a little bit more courage because my dad's um, his service is in the end of August so we've had one service during COVID and we're memorializing him this summer and I'm kind of in this like fear to 
step into my whole family in this way and uh, yeah just being able to have the courage to know like I've got this I can do this even though my brother has told me recently that he wants nothing to do with me so being able to step into and stay steady with the way I am even in the face of this whole family gathering. Yeah. So you want to step into courage when it comes to the dynamics of your family. That would be. Okay. Yeah. So Jennifer, yeah. I, I notice there's a lot of emotions that are sort of welling up. What's happening in your body right now? Yeah, I'm just feeling a lot, you know, uh, being truthful and knowing like it's so painful and sitting with that um so it feels you know like tightness in my neck and welling of tears and a shift in my voice and uh but i still feel really grounded i feel really upright i feel really okay it's just pain pain would you like to do a quick body scan with me sure sure just once you get comfortable in your seat if you feel inclined, you can close your eyes or soften your gaze. I just want you to breathe into the different body parts that I mentioned. The top of the head, the forehead, the eyes, the cheeks, the nose, the neck, shoulders, upper body the arms, the stomach, legs, the toes. Why don't you take a couple more breaths in and out. And as you sort of feel into today's question about courage and and the relationship with your brother what's what's pinging for you what's what's coming up just another loss the loss of my brother the loss of I feel brother. like he I feel like he's slipping away What has been your relationship with your brother prior to this? So he's six years older than me, and um, I've been sort of the kind of the stability in my family and um, the healer, the social worker, the thing, the labels that they put on me. But in reality, I've just been sort of stable and, you know, available and present for people and uh, I think through the loss of my father he was like the the anchor he was like the steadfast spirit you know he was such a loving and compassionate man and my brother too you know he's loving he's compassionate um, but he's he's just on a different 
path right now that seems to be, you know, his own grief, you know. And anyway, I was always really good little sister to him, you know. I always was there for him when, you know, his marriage broke up or, you know, his kids were, you know, not wanting to see him or... And I just, there's just a part of me that says, like, maybe you could just be there for me. And he hasn't been. He's just been, like, really dictatorial and mean. And uh, we have different roles, you know, in the face of my dad's passing. I'm the medical power of attorney, and he's the trustee. So he thinks he's, like, got this job. <laughs> And I know that it, that job is like super important to him, but the way he's carrying it out, it's so messy and so, you know, just really doesn't feel stable at all. So up until my dad's passing, my relationship was okay, but I noticed that we had differences in a lot of ways. We were on different political fronts and, um, you know, he had some, you know, pretty distinct perceptions about the world that I didn't agree with. And so I think there's fear there about, like, what does that mean for uh, going forward? For some of you are just so unsustainable, you know, and I can, you know, agree to disagree. So I'm able to do that. I'm able to agree to disagree. Give it some, you know, give it some space, but I guess I'm afraid of the future, you know. I know better. <laughs> Not but that's the truth, you know. And a yeah. young part of me, you know. It's a young I mean, my brother is six years older than me, and I, it would be nice to have him be a little bit more loving and compassionate like my dad. Have you ever expressed these feelings towards him? You know, what I have done through this whole conflict is um, take a lot of time to re respond to writing, because he'll write me these really mean emails. Um, I won't respond to like really nasty voicemails. I take a pause. Um, but my mother handed me the phone when I was there at her house one day because he was on the phone. He said, she's like, do you want to talk to your brother? And I was like, no. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> and the phone just like was handed to me. So I was like checking in with my body and I'm like, hmm. I think I can do this right now. I had just taught a yoga class and I felt really even and I got on the phone and I just committed to trusting and telling him that I love him, you know, because a part of me is so mad at him. But I said, Doug, I love you. And I just sat with that and he said, I love you too. And but I also had to be honest and say, you know, I'm not really that interested in my perceptions, the ways that I disagree with you, I really isn't that important when it comes down to love, that I, that I absolutely love you. 
And uh, so I have voiced that. And then as we kind of got into the details of me just saying, you know, I just would love really clear, defined communication around when it comes to mom and your organization as the trustee. You know, dad left us with mess and it's caused a lot of conflict. So could I just ask that whatever you do, you, you know, keep a clear documentation of it. And then that just goes south because I think he feels like I'm looking over his shoulder and I'm his little sister. So that's the rub, you know, he doesn't want me looking over his shoulder and then he gets really mad and reactive and doesn't have a whole lot of skills in the communication arena. And um, so I take pause and I just like notice that he's like energetically coming at me and uh, kind of quietly get myself out of there, you know. There's nothing else to be discussed now. <laughs> uh, but I still step forward in my beliefs, you know, like with my mom. I'm like, Mom, you need to keep clear documentation, you know, of what's going on. D Doug is not the only person in this formula, you know, in terms of taking care. and uh, But it all gets, my mom's memory comes and goes and it all gets really messy there too because she has selective memory and so then I have made some strides with loving my mom and her memory but I can get pretty rattled there too so in a perfect world Jennifer what do you think your brother Doug would want from you He'd want me to stop looking over his shoulder and to trust him. Have you ever trusted him? Yeah. Yeah, I trusted him up until six months before my dad died. Prior to that time, has he ever let you down? No, he's let himself down over and over again, but not me. He's been a good big brother. I really haven't needed him that much. Like, I needed my older sister more than I needed my brother. I needed my dad more than I needed my brother. And so, obviously, my dad's gone. So, the men in my life matter more. My husband matters more. So how do you think you can step into this sort of idea of courage when it comes to what he wants and what you want? It just seems like I have to keep facing the truth, the storm as it comes and goes and really not attached to anything, you know, like let go more often of the things I have no control over. 
you know. I'm willing to stop looking over his shoulder, but I'm not willing to stop talking to my mother, which is what he wants me to do. He wants me to stop saying, Mom, you should keep clear documents. He doesn't want me to say that, even though there's no clear documents. <laughs> so it's like, I'm not going to stop doing that. You know, I'm not going to stop advising my mother who I would like for her to sit upright and be a more whole woman rather than, you know, selective memory of what she can and can't do. So there's anger there because I'd much rather her be upright and full and whole and integrity for herself. But I can't change that. I guess I can let go of that more easily. In the tug of war between you and your brother, Doug, where do you think your mom resides in that? My mom? Hmm? Um, my mom and my brother are like overly attached right now at the hip. And it's interesting when I check in with that, I don't feel much tension at all. I just feel like, okay, that's what's happening. I used to feel a lot of tension around that. I don't anymore, which is progress. Because it is what it is, right? They're, they need each other. And my mom needs me too. Uh, She'd like me to change and be different and not upright and not have a view or a value or a care in the world. But I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that. I still have to kind of stand by my values and my beliefs about what's healthy and whole and I don't have to come at it with like, I, when my dad first died, I would like, my sister would say I had the foot on the gas pedal, you know, with my convictions. And so I've let go of the gas pedal a lot. And I can feel a lot more instead of just like amped up with the gas pedal to um, nothing else, really. <laughs> you know, firm in my beliefs, standing <laughs> strong, got this, you know, all of that. I'm, you know, I've definitely let up and I. I feel my family unraveling around me as we approach this date for our memorial. My sister's confused. My mother's confused. We can't even really remember what time the memorial is on what day between my whole family, which is so interesting. I had to ask my uncle yesterday, who I'm close to, who's my dad's brother. I had to say, can you talk to my brother and just find out what time the funeral is? Because he's told me he doesn't want to talk to me. And he never wants to see me again. So I'm just following that right now. You know, it was kind of passive aggressive of me. But that's what he left, a voicemail. He said he hated me. He never wanted to talk to me again. And that I had no rights. You know, I mean, that's the last thing he said to me. So I was just like, perhaps one of you guys could find out the date for this memorial service. Because I have in my calendar this time. But my sister has something different. So... There's a little chaos just about that. 
you know? <sighs> so if your brother wants you, if his want is for you to not sort of advocate for your mom, what does your mom want from you? She wants me to get along with my brother and to stop the conflict and to trust him, which I am, in a way, working on because I can trust in the divine. Maybe him as a human being I don't trust right now, but I can trust in the divine way that things unfold. I can do that well. So it's just a part of me that gets hung up here. That's why I know that I can find the courage just to navigate the truth of how hard this is and not deny it. Is there a way for you to resource where this courage lies or where you would like this courage to manifest in your body? Oh, I know where it lies. I know it lies. It lies right in the back of my heart. It's totally wide and open and available and I feel strong in my core. Ooh, yeah, and I feel, I feel really, it's okay, you know? It's there, I have the courage. I guess I just appreciate, you know, voicing it and knowing that I do and being real with it. And thank you, because I appreciate you just being present for that. Someone that's brand new to me, you know, someone who understands what it's like to be resourced in the body. and We have the same language. Mm. Do you feel that this courage has anything to say? No, it just says what it's saying all along, which is trust and you know, stay in alignment, you know, it is steadfast, and, you know, oh, and, and, yeah, rely on, like, more trust in, like, the divine, like, what came to mind is my sister, who died when I was younger, who's, like, my steadfast angel, and she just came alive and my dad too like I feel like you know they're just a manifestation of love you know to trust in that just to trust in love like stop arguing with all the ways things are wrong in your head you know just trust in the love and let it just unfold and let the grief unfold as it does and it'll be okay. So the courage says your heart is steadfast and the spirit is always there. Your heart is steadfast and the spirit is always there and to trust. Mm-hmm. So what do you, how do you feel or what do you sense is the next steps I think just to 
to keep coming to my meditation practice and calling in my my dad and my sister and asking them and the spirit to just be holding me through this and then I can voice what I need to voice to my mother and my brother and let my husband hold my hand because he's there to remember who's here right now you know I don't have to rely on my brother for everything you know I can just give him a little tiny slice of presence you know I can be present for everybody else you know I don't need to have this be so big and when he comes at you with those hurtful words what do you think you can do about that pause take a breath feel give compassion to myself and to him for whatever we're going through move away if I need to move away and stay standing if I can be in that threshold of tolerating it enough just kind of let it wash beyond me not let it stick to me you mentioned the support of your husband how are other ways do you think you could keep yourself accountable to facing this in the proper way just not denying it you know oh. one of my friends who I is an accountability partner for me she's a practicing focusing person and we share a lot and she asks the question often of what stands between you and joy right now mm-hmm. and when I ask that question it's honest answer you know my heart kind of I'm able to stay in my body not and be in that creative side and there's no analysis paralysis it's just sitting with and realigning with and being present with and then you know speaking it speaking the truth of what's there if I need to or just being in silence and letting it come and go the feelings and know that it's just grief you know it's just change you know I might disagree with the way things are going but it's small in the face of everything else so maybe the accountability is notice it's smallness you know it's very small the grief is big but that issue is small and get it you know have it contextualized there that it's not doesn't need to overpower me in any way that feels that feels good that feels complete 
If the grief is small, where's the felt sense for the joy? It's all in alignment. It's all breathing, moving energy. My heart is upright. I feel connected to something so vast and open and free there. It's big. It's fast. So Jennifer, we spoke a lot about sort of stepping into the courage and sort of the heart and, and your family relations. How does this all sort of shake up for you right now? feels very centered and aligned and okay right now. It feels like I have the courage to step forward and do what I need to do. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, I would love to transition into our interview portion. So tell my audience more about, you know, Jennifer Deegan and what she does. <laughs> yeah. It's really not that different, right? It's just that what I do, I'm a resiliency and a somatic coach. And one of the things I do is guide people to find their, you know, transition from something that's really hard um, into a direction that is more steadfast and resilient and palpable for long lasting living. And so it's stepping into trust and courage. And I offer what I would call the somatic mirror and presence to help people find a mindful map or a direction that they want to go in, whether it's, you know, something in their professional life that's not sustainable, they're, they're over caretaking, they're not caring for themselves or their personal lives have come kind of shattered in front of them. A lot of my clients come in and say, you know, I just, I'm so disconnected. And so everything we do is embodiment, just like you. And being present with and carrying a, an anchor, a place of safety for people to really uh, feel safe enough to, to be with whatever is there. Uh, my joy is working in groups. And so I have a resiliency club where I allow people to uh, step into their truth regularly with some support and accountability and other people who are doing the same thing. And we work on these six pillars of resiliency to anchor ourselves in some accountability around what is that? You know, what's your vision? How do you stay steadfast? What's, how do you, what are the regulatory tools that you need to stay composed in the face of challenge like your brother? cutting you out at the knees <laughs> uh, and what kinds of supports do you need who do you rely on you know maybe the people you're relying on aren't really helping you stay anchored in what you believe in what you value most so we talk a lot about that and how do you invite in creativity in the face of a really big problem instead of staying in analysis paralysis or um, what are your health practices that support you? Your sleep, 
is a big one, right? And what are you nourishing your body with? And uh, including, obviously, the what are your practices with the internet? Because that's so activating. If And we can get a big dopamine rush, right, from looking at our square boxes all the time. And, we, you know, maybe we don't know that, but it doesn't help the sleep factor if we want to sleep well, you know. Um, yeah, so that's my, that's what I do. I also run yoga retreats all over the world. I've been doing that for about 12 years now. And so I have a retreat coming up in Costa Rica. It's called Wonderful. Uh, Rainforest Renewal in January. And I live in Vermont, so I have local one-off like half-day retreats I do here to help people reset their nervous system. So if you're always on autopilot or in an um, automatic response kind of fight-flight way, we need to learn the inner resources to retool um, and find, again, those markers of support, those inner resources that really are steadfast for us. And that's different for everybody, as you know. Uh, yeah, and for people who are listening today, I have um, a gift for you if you'd like. It's oh, called, you. you just go to podcastmindbodyawareness.net, and there's a little um, free meditation for you to go on life in life with purpose. It's a meditation called Power and Purpose, and uh, so if you did listen to Savio's uh, interview with me you can be offered that meditation oh thank you that's that's really yeah. kind you know as a society collectively all of us throughout the world has gone through something huge and massive so as a resilience expert what are some tips that you can give to get people to some form of normalcy yeah well i think the first thing that i you know i stand true to is to recognize that this painful moment is a gift to help you move through and find out more about a more sustainable way of living so any really big moment of pain you know in the buddhist tradition is the gemstone of our lives it's there for us not against us and I know that to be true it's steadfast um, so thinking of moments as gifts and my clients shake their heads at me and I'm like I know again here I go again with this gift is here for you and it does help shift the mindset right that if it's meant for us we can stop resisting it you know um, and the other thing is, you know, when I went through a difficult time where my son had a painful death in his life, it was a moment similar and difficult as the one with my dad and my brother. And one of my friends said to me, you know, have you sat with that? And I was like, oh, yeah, I should sit with that. <laughs> like, be my own teacher. So I went and I sat down in my room and I sat with that. But I asked the question, why now? What What is this meant for, for me? So kind of asking another question, which is, you know, what is this meant for, for me? Because I do believe that it is a gift, you know. 
And in my meditation, I just started to really well up and cry and kind of, you know, the waterfalls came and left. And then I was like, oh, it's to remember and trust that we are always resilient and that I'm here to help people see that. You know, so my why is the most powerful part of my heart is the deepest pain to know that we are innately resilient to begin with and that we just have to find our way back home to what is trusting and steadfast. And so lately, for people out there, you know, the things that my clients have been finding that they can trust and be steadfast about, and I find them to be pretty simple, is can we trust in the steadfast nature of Earth's gravity Mm. below? Can we feel it under our feet? Can we feel our tailbone now? Some people say no, not yet. So, okay, I get that. Not yet. You know, like a resistance to even trusting in that. And then the second thing that I've been really honing in on that I can trust in is the the powerful magnetic quality of my own heart. It's very similar to the center of the earth. And we, I can actually relate to them both. They're both superpowers, right? So some people can relate to that because it's kind of magnified, you know, in certain moments. I had a client yesterday go from a place of feeling closed in the heart and sort of shut off and disconnected to a place of perhaps feeling a little bit heavy in the heart to a softness all in one hour. Wow. So it's normal for when I, when we connect to our hearts for the, the heart to shift in our presence with and also recognizing that, you know, again, it's a principle in Buddhism to be resistant right away. Like, that's the way we protect ourselves. We close down, right? So, um, you know, what are the anchors? What are the things that are steadfast that we can always rely on? And to me, it's the center of the earth and it's our heart. Um, and a friend today that I was walking with, what she could anchor into was the the landscape of Vermont. She couldn't anchor into the earth, but she could anchor into nature. And wow. that's true of many people I talk to. Like I can feel the my feet on the ground, I can feel the grass, and I can connect to nature. I feel alive and whole there. So resiliency is about recognizing, first of all, that we're already in momentum we are resilient we are meant to be able to be flexible and to bounce back however there's there's something that has to happen first which is to be open to it you know and that might take time it might be a small small opening to recognizing our resilience and then once we do and we start to open up we can find a more of a a map to living more wholly and fully and grow our resilience. That's the beautiful thing about resilience is we can grow from our traumas, our 
triggers our past experiences, our pains, our anxieties. That's just information right now that's helping us recognize it's not sustainable. I, I would love for you to sort of speak to, most people consider the heart a very biological, physical thing. And you know, sometimes people have a difficulty when you ask them to tune into it. What have been some of the aha moments or ways that you've you've allowed your clients to connect to that deeply? Mm. Well, it's interesting when we talk about the energetic heart, it's it's really in the center, isn't it? It's between the two uh, this, the back of the heart is between the two shoulder blades or it's front to back in the center between the two breasts. And sometimes just bringing our hands to our heart center helps us shift our awareness that it's really not biological heart. It's I never find in yoga classes when I'm teaching that 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 question really comes up. Not even really with my clients. They seem to sense into it because they're already sort of present to a felt sense that's already going on. That's why they're there. Um, but I mean, it's based on the anahata chakra and it's you know it spins in this color green and all these energetic centers when we align to them they're very subtle and they're very ancient in terms of the practices from the eastern tradition but you know some of us can feel the roots and that's our connection to the earth some of us can feel the heart some can feel a sense, a felt sense, an intuitive felt sense, which is like the third eye, or our connection to the divine, which again is like represented as, as three inches above the head if you're talking about an energy center and alignment to something greater or a light. But, you know, there isn't a right or wrong with this. It's sort of what is calling in right now what do you relate to is really the work, right? It's it's the recognition that it's already there and that we kind of have so many ways in which we distract ourselves. We just need an opening just to listen in. And that listening is more subtle, isn't it? It doesn't, and sometimes language can be limiting. So I recognize that what I say may not be completely right, but you can correct me if I'm wrong. Like, what do you relate to, Savio, as the heart? You know, it's it's really interesting because for someone like myself, and I'm very open about it, I used to live in my head for a really long time. It's only until I sort of, you know, learned and educated myself and used these as practices that I realized that there's an intelligence there. I mean, it sounds maybe hokey to a couple of people who are not in the embodiment circle world and most people, but... If you really listen, there's a deep inner wisdom there. And I, I, I always tell them to treat your body as a stranger. It sounds odd, it sounds strange, but that's, for me, how I did it. I didn't know what I was experiencing or if it was real or not. Then I got more comfortable with it. I just say, just just listen. Listen like without the years. Listen to another way of listening. Like find another, even if it's a, 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 a sound or, or a ping or something. I often find to start small. It doesn't have to be this like, you know, message you would get if you called someone on the telephone. It could just be a word. It could even just be a phrase. 
that's just what I sort of found mm-hmm. in my work, especially when dealing with individuals who, you know, to a large degree, really feel like they take the heart for granted until something devastating happens, you know, physically to them. Um, but that's really been a great resource for me to to find out that beyond my brain, which I've relied on for so long, that there is another intelligence there. Yeah, and so when you say there's another intelligence there, what happens for me and my body is I feel energy right down the center of my heart. But that wasn't always true. So you're right, it's important to remember that it's like the fine tuning of a guitar. If we practice presence and listening, and we have the support around us of others who are helping kind of us hone that listening with support and trust and kind of encouragement, you know, having a tribe around us that keeps us on that path helps because we're going to get popped right out when we go into a familiar environment where we always adapted in a particular way that caused us a lot of pain. You know, we have to find those resources. That's great practice. Like me going to my uh, dad's memorial service is going to be a great practice. Even now is a great practice because it's getting closer. You know, so I have to practice with something that's hard right now. And I do see that as a gift. There's no question. You know, because if I didn't have that, I, you know, I wouldn't have the material of life that's required for me to do the work that I do with my clients. I wouldn't have enough sort of practice of like the, the keys went off. Ooh, that was like a E flat. I, yeah. That sounded bad. <laughs> you know, so I have to like deal with the quirky of my own heart, you know. If I'm not real, you know, if I'm not like you know, blown over by a storm every now and then and having to pick myself back up. I don't think that I can be as effective as a resiliency coach if I don't have things that make me fall down. I've had plenty. I've definitely had plenty. I'm not asking for more. Wait, I'm not (laughs) asking for any more. (laughs) Well, like a good friend always said... like a good friend always said to me, opportunity, uh, uh, problems of opportunities to grow. And I didn't quite understand it in my early 20s, but I definitely understand it having gone through what I've gone through the last 20 years. So I definitely see it as a challenge, but also as a, as a blessing to some degree, even though in the moment, it's not always that feeling. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Jennifer, thank you yeah. so much. I, you know, tell my audience where they can find you on the internet. Yeah, well, thank you so much, Savio. It was really uh, a gem for me to open up and to share my uh, my messiness, <laughs> my struggle with you. Um, yeah, I'm at mindbodyawareness.net, and you can look at the Resiliency Club at www.restoringresiliencyclub.com, and, of course, the podcast.mind bodyawareness.net is for you if you'd like a a free meditation wonderful thank you so much Jennifer I really really appreciate your time today well thank you hi there I really hope you enjoyed listening to today's podcast episode of the human resolve if you feel that others may enjoy this episode as well please share socially at the human resolve 
They can also visit my website, thehumanresolve.com, where I offer one-on-one coaching sessions, daily prompts to move in the right direction, sync directly to your smartphone, and a subscription to my weekly newsletter where I probe into the secrets from living smarter to feeding your three brains. If you could also help me out and give me a review and rating on this platform, because I do care what you have to say, I would really appreciate it. Now, get out there, my friends, and get busy living.